Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. the second week of Advent, and so we are talking about peace and God's peace. And God's peace, as uh, the Patterson shared so well, it is so different than our peace, our thought process and what peace is. Um, I want to share with you a, a story in Daniel 3, and you can flip there. Or I'm just going to kind of tell you the story, and, and if you've been a part of the church for a while, you'll know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it's just one of my um, favorite stories. I know everybody has their favorite stories in the Bible. And if you're new to church, and as I say story, this is a real life thing that happened. Um, but I just call it story because that's what's, it, it's in the Bible. And so it's a story for me to read, but it's a true event. This isn't a parable or a made up thing. This is a true story of what happened. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were taken out of their own country and they were put into another country. And they're under King Nebuchadnezzar, and this is where we know of Daniel and the lion's den as well. These were the four of them kind of were together to start. But we see in Daniel 3, um, where the king kind of goes, not crazy, but he wants people to worship him. And he builds an idol, and everybody has to bow down. And as everybody's bowing down and everything, there's three people that aren't. And it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so finally they get dragged up and it says the king is furious with them. And to a point where he heats up this furnace. I don't understand why they have a furnace. I don't know where it came from. I don't know if it's to heat the palace or what it is. I don't know what kind of ductwork they had to pump it through the building or why. But they had this furnace. That's it. Maybe it was for the hot tub area. I don't know. But they had this furnace, and they said that he heated it up to seven times stronger than it normally is. So somehow they kept the temperature as well. But they heat this up seven times stronger, and then he had them tied up by the strongest soldiers. Tied up by the strongest soldiers. So he's like, I don't want them to escape, and we're going to burn them in this furnace. And the men, fully dressed, were thrown into the furnace. Now the furnace is so hot that the scriptures tell us that the soldiers that took them up and threw them in died because of the heat. They died just getting close to the furnace. And so they throw him in, they throw them in, and all of a sudden, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were seen walking around. And then the king calls out to them. And they respond to him. And as the king sees them walking around, he looks and he starts asking the question, how many people did we throw in? I don't know about you, if I was throwing somebody into a fiery furnace, I probably wouldn't lose count. But he's like, how many people did we throw in? And they're like, three. He's like, I see four walking around. Now, let's just envision this for a minute. Because if you're like me, you read these stories, you've read them so many times that you stop going, what did this look like? How many people like bonfires? How many people like having bonfires in your backyard? It's okay to say you do. It's all right. Right? This isn't sinful. You're allowed. 
Now, I love having bonfires. Melissa will tell you I don't. But here is why she believes I don't. I hate smelling like bonfires. So I enjoy having bonfires, but the moment we get into the house, I'm like, everybody closing the laundry, everybody shower. And Melissa will be like, I'm too tired. I'm just going to bed. I'm like, not in our bed. <clears throat> I just, I don't know what it is. I just don't like the smell of it. Unless you're camping. If you're camping, for some reason, it's okay. I'm so off track. But if you're camping, it's okay. And so here's what you have to understand. They get these guys out of the fire, and they don't even smell like fire. This is how much God protected them. God is standing in there with them. I want you to wrap your minds around this for a minute. I want you to think about how close you've gotten to a fire before, because we've all done it, stirring up a fire, putting a log in, something like that, and all of a sudden, for all the men in the room, you're like, hey, I have no arm hair. We've been close enough to a fire that we know that it hurts. These guys were walking around in it. And they were walking around in a fire that killed other people that got close to it. Now the king, after seeing that no harm had come to them, even their clothes didn't smell, the king's decree, he makes the decree now. Instead of bowing down to him, it says, anyone who says anything against their God, listen to this. This is scripture. You want to memorize a scripture? Daniel 3, I don't know where it is. It's in there, because I didn't write down the verse, but this is what it says. Anyone who says anything against their God will be cut into pieces and their house to be turned into piles of rubble. Because God showed up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were promoted. Now, if you read through this story, there's a couple things in it that so stand out to me about them. One, they were so respectful to the king. They always called him king. They always referred to him as the role that he had. They never called him an idiot. They never called him stupid. They never insulted him because he believed something different. They respected him for the position that he had. And I love their confidence and their peace with God. Because right at the beginning, when they're about to get thrown into the fiery furnace, they say to the king, our Lord can deliver us. And he will deliver us. But even if he chooses not to, we still won't bow. I want you to hear the confidence in their voices, in what they say. Because I think sometimes as Christians, we don't understand that you can have confidence and an understanding that God still chooses. So in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your, triumph, in the midst of your struggles, you can be walking with him and say, my God can change this. My God will change this. And you know what? Even if he doesn't, I'm still going to serve him. That doesn't lack faith. That shows faith and trust. Because I have faith that God can do anything. But you know what I also have? Faith that he sees a bigger picture. Their faith is astounding to me. Because they didn't fight, they didn't struggle, they were going into the fire no matter what. 
Now, we tell the story because there was four of them walking around in the fire. But many of us in our lives, we feel like we've walked through something. We've walked through a struggle. And we've been thrown into the fire and it feels like it's just us. We don't know where God is. But have the peace and the confidence that they have. That he is still in control. And this is the peace that is still available to us today. Luke 2 verse 14 says, Glory to God in the highest and on heaven peace to those whom his favor rests. On earth we are to have his peace to those whom his favor rests. We're told in scripture that if we obey his commands or, and, or his word, we will be in his love. And in that love is where we find his peace. Isaiah 9 verse 6, he calls him the prince of peace. That he is the prince of peace. And the prince of peace is the one who will bring you and me peace. See, as the Jews waited for a Messiah, this Messiah was going to free them from from the Romans and restore Jerusalem. But see, Jesus brought about peace in the most unexpected ways. See, when he arrived, the Jews, particularly the Zealots, they wanted a rebellion. They wanted a rebellion. They wanted their Savior to overturn the oppressive rule of the Romans and bring about peace in a violent way. But Jesus brings peace to us in a different way than that. One way that he does is he gives us an inner peace. He gives us an inner peace. Because of the work on the cross, we have a chance to receive salvation and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And with that, it gives us this inner peace in us. See, John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Not only are we to have peace that comes with our salvation, but we also have a peace of mind knowing that God will heal this broken world and he will come again. There's a confidence that we can have that he will return for each and every one of us and restore us. See, Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. This is the peace of mind that God is talking about. It's the peace of mind that he is in control. And even though we don't understand, that we know that he understands. So if you're in a situation right now and you don't understand what's happening, you don't understand what God is doing, trust and understand that he knows. Trust and believe that he understands the situation. He is in control. Control. Second thing that he brings peace is we have peace with others. We put aside our differences, especially with other believers, because we belong to the same family. Galatians 3.28 says, There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. We have the same purpose, to let others know about the peace of Christ. This is our purpose, to tell others. Colossians 
3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body we are called to peace and be thankful. The peace of Christ is to rule in our hearts, is to rule in our lives. I was at a friend's uh, workplace this week, and while I was there, there was a few customers that were complaining, and it was kind of shocking to me to see um, multiple people in a row, and I just felt bad for them because I'm like, man, they're getting a hard time here all day long. But as I watched him interact with his customers and deal with them and work through it, I watched this guy not get upset, not be frustrated, not be angry with them. And I asked him, I was like, how did you, how did you walk through that? Like, I've watched you with multiple customers in a row, and you're not angry. You're not frustrated. You're not telling them just to get lost. Like, how are you remaining so peaceful? And he told me that he actually tries to see it from the other person's point of view. When they're complaining, he's actually trying to listen to what they're saying. And, okay, so what are, you, what's they, what are they communicating to me? What have I miscommunicated? And he says this allows him to respond from a point of caring instead of a defensive stand. We have to have peace in our lives to do this. We have to have peace in our lives to be able to walk through this with other people. As the Patterson said, it's, it's not trying to argue. How many of us, our natural response is to argue and defend our position instead of just listen? Or how many of us argue about things that really don't matter? You like green jujubes. I like black jujubes. You eat all the green ones. I'll eat all the black ones. We really don't need to argue which ones are better. We argue about the silliest things. And you know that when you show up to a family event this Christmas, you can choose peace before you show up. Well, Chad, you don't know my relatives. You don't know mine. For all my relatives watching, you're awesome. Don't worry, they're all listening and go, they don't know Chad. <laughs> you can choose peace before you show up. Because whatever irritates you about your coworker, whatever irritates you about a family member, whatever irritates you about a neighbor, have you ever stepped back to a position of peace to go, I wonder what about me irritates them? I wonder when I'm driving to Christmas and I'm hoping that everything goes smooth, I wonder how many of my family members are driving to Christmas going, man, I really hope Chad doesn't say this again. We can choose peace ahead of time. You can actually choose peace at work before you show up. And then when it happens, you can choose peace. Philippians 4, 7 says, the peace of God will transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. God's peace, it protects our hearts and our minds. With his peace, it will prevent uh, bitterness, stress, and anxiety from coming in. Because we choose it ahead of time. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. 
And the meaning shalom is peace, but it goes far beyond that. It goes far beyond not fighting with others or peace as we know it on earth. Shalom is, in a sense, how things are meant to be. In other words, it's like a, shalom is supposed to be a slice of heaven. A slice of heaven. Proverbs 12.20 says, Deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. We're going to talk about joy next week, but if you want joy in your life, promote peace. But Chad, what if I'm right? Does it really matter? Now, if it's life or death, maybe you want to say something. But I don't know you, most of the arguments I get into are not life and death. They're stupidity. How many spouses in the room, if you're honest, and you don't have to be honest, your spouse can elbow you lower. How many of you have ever had to go to your spouse and apologize? And if maybe you didn't apologize this way, but you probably should have. I'm sorry for just arguing about something stupid. I have to do it more times than I'd like to confess, and Melissa's not here, so she can't tell you how many times. <laughs> we can choose peace. When we promote getting along, when we begin to look for the good in others, when we begin to try to understand the other person's side or point of view, it brings peace to the situation. Psalms 29.11 says, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. The Lord will give you the strength to have peace with others. And see, sometimes when others get upset with you, if you take a step back, I remember somebody came to see me and, and they came to complain. It's hard to believe. They came to complain because they weren't happy with me. I know it's really hard to believe. But as I listened to them, I was praying and I was asking the Holy Spirit to show me what to do and how to bring peace to the situation. And as I was praying, as the person was speaking, the Holy Spirit began to show me the hurt that was in this person's life. And that I, I didn't actually hurt them. Now what I did was wrong. But the pain that they were expressing was deeper. And what I did was the last straw. And because it was the last straw, it all came at me. Now, with this revelation and with this understanding, I had two choices. I could point it out. Hey, you know, you're really not mad at me. What I did was really little. You're mad because of all this stuff going on in your life. But I discerned that that wouldn't be helpful. And the Holy Spirit revealed something to me that because I was the last straw, so I was the identity of the pain, I also had the opportunity to bring a lot of healing and peace to this person's life. Because they weren't connecting the dots that the Spirit showed me. So by taking a position of compassion and humility, 
and asking for forgiveness and telling them I was wrong and, and showing them that I just did not mean to do what, I meant, what happened and, and just taking a position of compassion and humility and repenting it and apologizing. Peace and healing was able to come to their life. Now, I don't get that right all the time. I'm really quick to defend myself, just like most of you probably. But in this moment, I did it right. I was able to take a step back, and I was able to listen and hear and ask the Holy Spirit, show me what was going on, and be able to take this approach. And what you have to realize is, when you realize, you know what, I don't think I've done what they think I've done, and I'm just the last straw. Being the last straw also means you can bring healing. And this is where we seek peace. Isaiah 54.10 says, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant, which we talked about this morning, my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. He has compassion on you. Even in the mountains, if the mountains are shaking in your life, even if you're being shooken, God's unfailing love, it says, holds you and will not be shaken away from you. His love will not leave you. Not only does he bring us peace, but he has made a covenant of peace that cannot be broken with you, with us, with me. So we get to walk in his peace. You get to walk out of here in his peace. You get to walk into your week in his peace. You get to walk into every situation, every conversation, every moment. You walk in his peace. So I need you to remember what Jesus says in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You have a supernatural peace in your life to change situations. You're able to walk in a different way. And by having his peace, it'll protect your heart. It will protect your mind. And it'll help you to not be fearful in challenging situations. Receive his peace this morning. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the peace that passes all understanding. Father, I thank you that your peace is not the world's peace. That, Father, you give us a supernatural peace. So, Lord, help each one of us. Help me to trust you. Lord, help us not to be afraid. And, Lord, help us to walk in your peace every moment of the day. So this morning, Holy Spirit, we receive your peace. And we ask you to change our hearts, to change our minds, And Lord, as we go about this holiday season and into the new year, that Father, we choose peace in every situation. Help us to be your peace, your light. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.